You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. So this morning we are finishing up this long series that we've been in through the book of Ephesians called Masterpiece in Progress. And we've got to see a lot of amazing things throughout this series. And as I've studied and, and just dug into to what Paul was really saying in this letter, man, it's just been encouraging to me. So I pray that the same is true for you guys, that it's been encouraging, that your heart has truly started to align with God's heart and that you've taken steps in your life to align your lifestyle and your character with the will and character of God. So we're going to be in chapter 6 this morning of Ephesians. We're just going to read 11 verses. But this is a, a perfect ending to an amazing letter, in my opinion. Because what, what Paul does here at the end is he really shows us why he told us everything he told us in the beginning of the letter. So we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Here we have Paul finishing up his letter to Christ followers. Finishing up this letter while he's in prison, in chains. And this is how he starts this. What I want to do is these first four or five verses, I just want to walk through this passage verse by verse. Because I think that once we really dig in and examine the words that Paul uses, that it's going to tell us a lot about what he's trying to say. So if we look at verse 10, the very first word says, finally. So what Paul is doing here is he's, he's finishing up a letter in which he has masterfully told us who Jesus is, and who we are in Jesus. So here he's coming to the end. And he's saying, finally, which means that everything that he said before, this, what he's about to say, is in light of all of that. 
So in light of all that God has done for you, in light of the glorious standing and foundation that you have in God, in light of his great plan to unite all things back to himself, in light of the plan that he has for you to mature and grow as Christians, in light of being filled constantly with the Spirit, in light of all, is the, in all of this, in light of everything that we've talked about so far, Paul says, I want you to understand that there is a battle to fight. So in light of everything that I've written to you, in light of how amazing God is, and all the things that he's done in his grace and his mercy and his love, I want you to understand that there is a battle that Christians will have to fight. And man, this is so important for us because he didn't start with the battle because he wanted us to know who we are in Christ before we know about the battle. Because as we see here, he says, if you continue in verse 10, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. So literally, Paul is saying, do this in God's strength. Because guess what Paul knew? That we're still learning and that some of us still don't understand and that I still don't understand sometimes is that we can't do it by ourselves. That we can't go through this life and get it right according to Scripture. And that we can't face the battles without Jesus. Now Paul knew this. Now Paul wanted his readers to understand this. So there's a detailed, detailed description, a detailed teaching of, of spiritual warfare. And maybe you've never heard spiritual warfare mentioned before. Maybe you don't understand what that means. So you can, maybe you understand the, the concept of war as it relates to the military, as it relates to countries fighting each other, but you're not familiar with spiritual warfare. And I want you to understand something this morning, that spiritual warfare is real, and that spiritual warfare will destroy your life. And the enemy knows exactly where to attack each and every individual person. So there's two areas that Paul mentions here. He says to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And then in verse 11, he says, and put on the whole armor of God. So there's a two-part explanation or a two-part teaching to spiritual warfare. And I think a lot of times we miss the, the first part. We miss the first principle, which is to be strong in the Lord. We like to jump to the whole armor of God, but we leave out the first part. And let me tell you what that's like. So that's like giving a, a soldier all the best equipment, all the best tools to go and fight, but the soldier has no strength to use them. So I don't know if you've ever had to do something strenuous in your life. Um, if you're in the military, I'm sure basic training wasn't the easiest thing 
in the world. Man, I, I played sports back when I was still in shape. And, man, being on a, on a sports team in high school or even beyond high school is challenging physically. Man, you have to work. You have to run a lot. And I don't like running. I get out of breath like walking up the stairs at my house. Hey, running's is not for me. But let me tell you what it does. It gets you ready for the tools and the equipment that you have. Because if I'm weak, if my legs aren't strong, if my core isn't strong, then there's no way that I can use the tools the way that I'm supposed to in athletics. And it's the same thing in spiritual warfare. Now, we can't put on the whole armor of God if we don't have the strength of the Lord working on our behalf. It's important that we make sure that we always marry these two things together. That's why Paul mentions them, and he mentions them in this order specifically, that we find strength in the Lord. And then we put on the whole armor of God. We have to understand that concept this morning. And then if we continue just to break these verses down, he says the whole armor of God, and we're going to talk about what that armor looks like, but in this specific verse, in verse 11, it's very important that we understand the word whole. The whole armor of God, and as we go down the list, we're going to see what that armor is. But have you ever had a uniform that you had to wear and you forgot part of it? Anybody ever been there? I want all the military guys to raise their hand because I know that's happened. So, man, it's just you have to put on the whole armor. That's, that's important as we go through this. Just to understand that we can't pick and choose which part of the armor we want. There's a reason that it's full armor. There's a reason that it's whole. And if we leave out one part of the armor, then we're giving the enemy leeway to get into our minds and to ruin our lives and cause destruction everywhere we go. And then we continue to read and it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. There's an there's a enemy that's fighting against Christians. That's the truth. There's an enemy that wants to see Christ followers not just destroyed, but killed. He wants to ruin lives. He wants to ruin people. And he's got schemes. Some translations say the wiles of the devil. Man, he's, he's cunning. He's smart. He's strong. And he knows how to get to each and every one of us. And Paul wants his readers and he wants us to understand that we're going to face trials. We're going to face opposition. He's not inviting Christians to battle. He's saying that you're in a battle 
And this is your responsibility in the battle. This is how you can stand in the battle. And if we break this passage down, there's just three really quick things that I want you to see here. And number one is the call to stand. He calls us to stand firm. To stand in his strength, putting on his armor, not our own. Not the way that we want to fight. Because I'm telling you that we will always lose the battle without Jesus. And I've been there in my life. I've tried to fight and tried to fight and tried to fight. And the devil will continue to knock you down. The enemy will continue to attack. And his schemes will continue to work against you. And if you're not standing in the strength of God, you're going to fall down. Man, it's about his strength and his armor. We see that in Isaiah 59 that God was actually the one that had the armor. It's his armor. So it's not just that God is giving us some armor. God is giving us his armor. Man, how amazing is it that the God of all creation loves you and cares about you enough to say, hey, here is my armor. Put it on in my strength and I will win the battle for you. Now we serve a God who is supreme. He's sovereign and he's all-powerful. As a guy, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've wanted to be stronger. I've wanted to be able to, to do things that I just couldn't physically do. And that's just an ego and a pride thing. And, man, I go to the gym after I haven't been in like six years. And, man, I'm just lifting as heavy as I can lift. And then I can't move the next day. And Ashley has no sympathy for me whatsoever because that was a dumb decision. Because I'm just not as strong as I used to be. But man, I serve a God who is stronger than anyone or anything that's ever been, that ever will be. Man, God is spectacular. And it's encouraging to have a relationship with someone like that. And then if we keep going, it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Paul is making it very clear that we're not fighting physically, that this is spiritual warfare, that the battle is against demonic presence in the universe. Man, and so often Christ followers try to, try to twist that and turn that and say, hey, well, we're fighting against this person or we're fighting against this person and this is an evil ruler and this is evil authority. And man, Paul is saying, hey, that's not what it's about. This is spiritual. 
This isn't a physical fight or a physical battle. And if you don't think you're up against spiritual enemies, then you're not winning the battle. You have to know that it's a spiritual fight that we're in. Now we're not in a fight with other people. Have you ever thought about that? And maybe you're in disagreement with someone. Or maybe there is some evil person in your life. But I want you to understand that you are fighting a spiritual battle. It's a, it's a spiritual war that's going on. Don't fight the person. Allow God to beat the evilness. And that's something that we can grab hold to this morning. Is that we're not fighting people. And we have to get to a place in our relationship with Jesus that we allow him to win the spiritual battle. And we stand firm in that. And you can try to break this down and say, man, well, it says rulers and authorities and it says the cosmic powers of the darkness. Here's the important part of this. It doesn't matter which area it is. It's all from the same enemy and it's all with the same goal is to destroy and ruin your life. And don't get caught up in what you're fighting, where it's coming from, what you can do to beat it. Because Paul lays it out for us what we can do to beat it. We stand strong in the Lord and we put on the whole armor of God. And we allow God to fight the battle. He's called us to stand. To stand firm, to stand strong in His strength. In who He is and who He's called us to be. And then we see, the second thing is, we see that Paul, man, he's, he just continues to go, and we have a, a call to stand, and then we have a, a, hey, Jack, can you put the second point up? A condition to stand. A condition to stand. And this is how he tells us to actually stand. So he's called us to do it, and now he's going to tell us how to do it. And at verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, so this is how you're going to do it, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So here we see where he starts to explain the armor of God. And now we can do a whole series on just the armor and the different pieces. In fact, we are going to do a series on that towards the beginning of the year. So I, I'm not going to break it down completely for you today, but I do want to go over each part of the armor so that you understand what it is. So there's six different things here that Paul mentions, and I just listed three of them. And these first three are things that we are to have. So Paul says that these things you're to have. These things are what you should always be 
living in. This is armor that you should always have on. And he starts with the belt of truth. The belt of truth. And what this does, and back then they would, the soldiers would put on the belt before they ever put on the armor. It would hold everything underneath the armor in place. And Paul is saying here is that the truth of Scripture, the doctrines of Christ, are our foundation to hold everything else in place. It's the belt of truth to hold us firm, to keep us grounded, to keep us walking in the will of God. And then he mentions the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I want you to understand that this is not our own righteousness because we ourselves aren't righteous. We haven't earned this righteousness. This is the righteousness of God that he's poured out on us because of his grace. We get to put on the, the breastplate of his righteousness. Man, and this, the breastplate would cover the vital organs of the soldier. And that's what this does for us. His righteousness covers everything that could come in and hurt us, could hurt one of those vital organs, that could come in and hurt one of those beliefs. And I want you to understand that this is not how it works. It's not look at all I've done for the Lord. Because when we start living in that lane, that becomes very shaky ground. Because then we begin to try to put on the breastplate of our own righteousness. It's all about what God has done. And then he says, readiness of the gospel is the third thing that we're to have. And that's the, the shoes that we're supposed to wear. That's the get ready to go. To always be ready to share. To be flexible. It's the foundation of everything that we do. The gospel of Jesus, which is Paul has already laid out in this entire letter. That we were once dead. And because of God and the sacrifice of his son on a cross. And the grace that he bestows upon us. And the mercy that he gives us. We were brought back to life. That we were once children of darkness and now we're children of light. The gospel is that we can't do it on our own. The gospel is that God has done everything necessary for our salvation. That we're sinners in need of a Savior. And He took care of that because He loves us. And Paul says, hey, keep that as the shoes of this armor. Be ready to share the gospel. Be flexible. Wherever God sends you, go. And those are the three things that he tells us to always have on. The belt of truth. The understanding of, of scripture and biblical doctrine to understand that we have a, a breastplate of righteousness that we didn't earn, that's not our own, but it's the righteousness of God. 
and to always be ready to share the gospel. To always be ready to share the gospel. And then if we keep reading, it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So he gave us part of the armor that we're always to have. And now he gives us three things that we are to take. And and this is, this is circumstantial because maybe we don't always need a piece of this. We have it, but maybe we don't have to use it. So he says to always have the first three and be ready to take these next three, the shield of faith. Man, and the shield of faith is it's one of my favorite parts of armor. Because this is what it does. It's not one of those little round shields. That's not what he was talking about. He's talking about one of those full body shields. And back in Paul's day, if one of these fiery darts or fiery arrows of the enemy would hit that shield, man, the shield would catch on fire, but it would protect the person. And what do you want to do when your shield catches on fire? You want to drop it. And then that leaves you open to the enemy. So what Paul says in verse 16, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So here Paul is saying, hey, there's going to be some darts thrown at you. There's going to be some fear. There's going to be some loneliness. There's going to be some anxiety. There's going to be some depression. There's going to be some imagination imagination that goes wild. There's going to be things in your life that the enemy throws at you. Not only will the shield of faith block those, but it will extinguish that. Man, God always goes a step further for us. Man, not only do we get to block this attack, but man, it extinguishes those thoughts. And it does away with that fear. It does away with that anxiety. It does away with that depression. It does away with those crazy, imaginative thoughts that we have. The shield of faith is important because we understand that we can't do it and we're putting our faith in the one who can. And we get to hold him in front of us The second thing that he mentions here is the helmet of salvation. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, it speaks of the helmet of salvation in connection to the hope of salvation. See, the helmet of salvation protects us against discouragement. It protects us against doubt. It protects us against the devil trying to get in our brain and make us feel like we're not good enough or that God could never use us or that we're not doing the right thing when we know that we're living in God's will. And I've said this before, but the mind is the devil's playground. 
And if he can get into your head, he can get you thinking and get you doing stuff that God hasn't called you to do. And he can get you to stop doing things that God has called you to do. Because he wants you to think that you're not good enough. But here's here's what he doesn't know. Is that we already know we're not good enough. And I know that sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow, but we know that we're not. God doesn't call us to do something because we're good enough. He calls us to do something because he wants to use us. Because he has a plan for our life. Because he has a purpose for us. It's not because of the amazing person that Dustin is. Thank you. It's because of who he is. And because he has a plan for you. So when the devil starts making you think you're not good enough, say, hey, I know. But God is. And God's better than you, and he's bigger than you, and he's stronger than you. And he's got a plan for my life. And I'm not letting you get me down from the work that he's called me to do. And I'm not letting your discouragement come in and keep me from living in the will of God. And then he finishes the armor with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And this is the only offensive weapon in the armor. And it doesn't mean that we take this and we hit people with it. It doesn't mean that we beat people over the head physically or figuratively. What it means is that we understand what's in here. That we believe it's the inspired Word of God. And that we know how to use it when we need to use it. Because you don't always have to use the sword in the battle. So let me explain that. Maybe maybe you've know a knight of some sort. I don't know any knights, but I've watched some movies. And they do all the sword things and all the cool stuff. And what do they do before they ever go to battle? They practice that. So they look in the mirror and they do all kinds of crazy moves with their sword. And man, it looks amazing. And I would like stab myself multiple times. But they practice it. So when it comes up in the battle, they know exactly what move to make with the sword. Man, we should practice using the sword. So when the battle comes and we need to pull it out, we know exactly what move to make. What's this mean? This means to study Scripture. This means to spend time in the Word of God. This means to know what you need to say and when you need to say it, based off of what he said. And this is a weapon. It's given to us by the Spirit. He inspired 
the writing of this. And the Spirit makes it active in our lives and in the lives of others. And I know it's hard to believe that when we see this, it's just a book. And I understand that. And it looks like a book. There's pages and there's a, there's a cover. And some are soft covers, some are hard covers. It's got this little ribbon thing in it for people like me that really need to keep their place. And it, it just looks like a book. And I get that. But man, this is the word of Almighty God. And it's not this book. This book isn't the word. And it's what's written in the pages. The inspired word of God. Man, and we get to use that. And we see at the end of this passage, there's a consistency to stand. So there was a call to stand, condition to stand, and then Paul finishes up in these last few verses with the consistency to stand. In verse 18, it says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul says, hey, if you want to stand, there's a, there's a consistency factor to this, and it's prayer upon prayer upon prayer. To always pray. It doesn't have to be eloquent prayer. Paul says to just pray. To just pray. Because this is what happens. Through prayer, the spiritual strength and the armor of God actually go to work. Let me say that again. Through prayer, the spiritual strength and the armor of God actually go to work. So we could have the strength and we could have the armor, but it's through prayer that the work begins, that it's active, and that we begin to fight in the battle. Prayer upon prayer upon prayer upon prayer. But not only prayer for ourselves, but we get to battle for other people. Paul says, hey, pray for me, pray for all the saints. How often do we spend quality time praying for other believers? Because just like you're in a battle, they're in a battle. And we're friends and we're family. And we've got to stand in the gap for one another. We've got to pray for each other. We have to get down on our hands and knees and cry out for each other. Because we're in a spiritual battle together. And that has to be consistent in our walk. And if we want to stand firm, we have to pray and we have to battle for others. And Paul says to pray for him for one reason. 
for clear and bold proclamation of the gospel. Paul says, pray for me that I'll speak boldly the way that I ought to speak. How many of us can really say that we're speaking boldly for Jesus? That we're being clear, that we're being bold the way that we ought to speak. I'm going to close this morning with just a few things that I wrote down. But I want you to understand this morning that we're called to stand. We are called to stand, to stand on everything Jesus is and who we are in him. He tells us how to stand, to stand in the strength of God and to put on the whole armor of God, to walk around with the belt of truth, the breastplate, of righteousness, and the readiness and flexibility to share the gospel. And then when we get in battle, we get to take up the shield of faith. We get to put on the helmet of salvation. And we get to take out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we must be consistent and our standing through prayer. Prayer for ourselves. Prayer for others. Prayer for boldness. We must consistently be clear and bold in our proclamation for Jesus. And how many of us are truly standing firm for God. And that's my prayer for all of us in this room. I've told you from the very beginning of this series that I've been praying for hearts to align with the heart of God. Man, I want you to know that I've been praying for each and every one of you to take your next step of faith, whatever that looks like. And I love you guys. And my heart is for us to be the Christ followers that God has called us to be. For us to be able to stand firm. And Paul says in this passage, in all things, to stand. And what a testimony, not for ourselves, but for him, that no matter what the enemy throws at us, no matter what circumstances we're going through, no matter what situations come up, in all things, to stand, to stand firm in who he is, to stand firm in his strength and his might, And in all things, prayer. Man, I, I have a six-year-old daughter who most of you know, 
and she does not get smiley faces at school every day. Sometimes she gets frowny faces at school. And I told our life group this, but I'm going to share this with you guys that I told her, she talks to this one little girl and this little girl's name's Georgia. If you know Georgia, tell her to please stop talking to my daughter at school. But I told her, I said, hey, before you want to talk to your friend Georgia, just pray that God will help you not talk to Georgia. And she was excited about that. So she goes to school. And I'm excited for her to pray so she doesn't talk to Georgia when she's not supposed to. So she comes home the next day and she walks through the door. I didn't even ask about a smiley face, but she immediately told me she did not get one. And her very next sentence was, but I prayed. So, well, good. I'm glad you prayed. And she said, and I did not talk to Georgia. I said, that's awesome. Who'd you talk to? She named two more people. I said, well, we need to change the prayer a little bit. But she prayed that she wouldn't talk to a little girl because she's got childlike faith. Because she believes that that prayer works. Man, I want you to know that prayer works. And God cares about what you care about. He knows your heart. Man, this morning I'm asking you to stand firm. I'm asking you to stand boldly. And I'm challenging you. I'm challenging myself that when we leave this building today, that we are walking boldly in Jesus. And if there's things that we need to fix, that we begin to fix them. Because I want you to know that if there's some things outstanding in your life, if there's some things you really need to get fixed, man, the enemy is attacking those holes in your armor. Man, he's attacking them. So as we close this morning, I just want to pray. I want to pray for us as we leave this place. And I want you to understand that when you walk out this door, there's a battle going on. Stand in his strength, put on his armor, and pray. God, we love you. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.